Hello everyone, I'm Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue, and I'd like to welcome you to the sunny side of the farm. Well, hello everyone, this again is Sonny Perdue, and welcome back to the sunny side of the farm. This is the podcast that tells you what we're doing here at the Department of Agriculture and where we hope to go. As we all know, the coronavirus has affected us all in a variety of ways, but one of those biggest impacts was early on in school closures and uh, making sure our kids are fed across America. I don't know how many people understand how involved USDA is in our school nutrition program, but it's a huge part uh, of the responsibilities through our food nutrition services. And then all of a sudden, schools close. And we've got kids that are looking for those school meals that maybe that only nutritious meal they possibly might get during the day or that during that week. Uh, and what happens? What do we do then? So uh, we're here today joined by uh, Grace Norman with uh, Baylor University, uh, the collaboration on hunger and poverty, as well as Denton McLean of McLean Global, two partners that came up with a very innovative public-private partnership that we want to talk about today. So welcome, Grace, and uh, tell us a little about Baylor Universities and this collaborative of what uh, what you all have been doing uh, even beforehand. Now, you, you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, we were kind of step, stepping our toe in the water, but we got a big splash this spring. We did. That's one way to say it. Yeah. Uh, we started as a grant-funded project of yeah. the university back in 2009 and have offices across the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. And our job is to really test and evaluate solutions that could curb childhood food insecurity and greater poverty. Um, and we knew that children in rural America face additional obstacles in accessing the summer meal sites and even summer EBT where they can spend money at, at grocery stores. And so last summer we worked with USDA and, and with McLean to deliver summer meals to children in rural America. We fed nearly 4,000 students in rural East and West Texas. So that's the, the toe dipping in the water mm -hmm. right there. Um, and coming into 2020, we planned to expand to a few communities in New Mexico and Alaska. But as schools started closing down, we knew that students would be losing access to their school meals. And USDA asked us to ramp up. Before um, we get there, though, I'm just a regular citizen. What is a summer school program? Uh, a What's a question. summer feeding program? I, I, bet, I bet many of our listeners don't even know that USDA participates with schools across the country and, and people who feed ones everywhere. So what is a summer program? Sure. So with the school meal program, kiddos are getting breakfast and lunch at school. Yeah. And when schools are closed in the summer, they don't necessarily have access to that. And so USDA has the summer food service program to provide meals to kids in a group setting at a school for summer school or at the Boys and Girls Club. Um, and so that has been a great intervention um, for, for those summer months to really In a group setting, In though. a group setting. And, and what, happens when COVID, what happens when COVID comes along? We, I don't know anybody <laughs> that knew that that was coming. <laughs> so we had to be innovative and creative. And I interrupted you. So no. tell us how the progress went. Well, we ramped up. I think Louisiana and Texas were some of the first to come on board, and now we're serving in 42 states and, and Puerto Rico, and 
Um, our small team rolled up our sleeves, partnered with McLean, PepsiCo, and Chartwells um, to get boxes to families. Well, Baylor's a university now. How was Baylor doing all this stuff? Uh, I mean, it takes great partners, doesn't it? And today we have joining us uh, Denton McLean, the chairman of McLean Global, which is a, uh, a international uh, logistics company, uh, really export and import, but uh, primarily in the food sector. And Glenton, your your families, uh, you showed us the history going back uh, over a hundred years, but uh, uh, has developed a, a quite a uh, reputation in the food service distribution and uh, and logistics business, but. Uh, uh, tell us about in McLean's involvement in there because I know we I heard some commitments early on and I was kind of skeptical. <laughs> well, uh, Mr. Secretary, thank you so much. We're just tickled yeah. to take part in this program and, and just all the good that it's done. Uh, my family's been in the food business for about 125 years in the United States. Uh, started with great-grandfather McLean in 1893, started a wholesale grocery distribution business called McLean Company. Uh, he taught his son, who taught his son, which is my dad, who taught me. Uh, all of us started working in the warehouse when we were about eight or nine years old and have just had a long history of doing that. We're not smart folks. Uh, we base everything we do on honesty, integrity, and Christian principles, and then just work hard and do what we can. This business right here is based in Houston, Texas, and what we are is a logistics provider for uh, domestic and international food manufacturers to open markets around the world and both here in the United States. And that can be at a grocery store, a convenience store, uh, an e-commerce platform, or even a government program. Uh, what we really do is we find good, high-quality manufacturers of food and then do all of the logistics work, either customs clearance, freight brokerage, truck transit, ocean transit, air transit, and do what we have to do to get it to the ultimate consumer, that product in the best possible quality. Many of our listeners have heard a lot about the food supply chain uh, over this pandemic and may not have even thought about it before. You have to admit that most of us Americans are so spoiled, uh, we just take it for granted, uh, a wonderful food supply. Absolutely. But a food supply chain begins with those farmers and ranchers that produce it, and obviously the consumers who use it, but there's a lot going on in the middle, and that's where McLean comes in. So talk about some of those things here, particularly in this program of uh, this summer feeding program that we began, and uh, Grace, 30 million kids across America. That's a lot. And many of them, as you said, in rural areas that can't come to those drop-off spots and pick up meals. We had a lot of those. They can't come there. It's sometimes miles in the town. And mom, dad may be working, and they're, they're not able to do that. Yeah. Yes, sir. It, it, it's difficult even in normal circumstances to get a program of this size going. But given the short term, as Grace mentioned earlier, we, we had weeks to plan last summer. We had months to plan what we were planning on doing this summer. And then we, in days, we had the COVID issue drop upon us. And it didn't just drop upon school children. It dropped across all of America and around the world. Typically in a calamity, there's a, a hurricane in Houston and the rest of the world can respond. Mm -hmm. And this was a, effectively a hurricane and an earthquake everywhere in the world at the same time. So not only for the school children were we dealing with food, we, we here were dealing with fighting Walmart and fighting Kroger and fighting mainline consumer grocery stores because at the same time, 
they were having unprecedented demand of everyone was going to the store and everybody remembers the milk and the toilet paper and the struggles to find all of that. By the way, I never understood the toilet paper. I, I, st <laughs> I still have it either, but uh, it's a crazy, you got to be agile these days, that's for sure. And so really that was, it was just the short term of not only are we starting this program, but we're starting it nationwide. And so uh, inside the food logistics business was going crazy. You were having trouble. People were, tra how do we keep the factories open? How do we keep the truck drivers moving? How do we keep the gas stations open to, for the trucks to refuel in all of those type of things? So literally, we, we were starting from square one. But uh, as I said, we're, we're not smart people. We're just dedicated, and we just roll up our sleeves, and we just keep working until we can find a solution. And, and the, between our partnership with Baylor and the contacts that we had in Mr. Secretary through your office in the doors that you, your office opened for us, uh, it, it didn't make it easier but it made it made it doable but then it was like we said before uh, logistics you never get a hundred percent it's always a struggle there's missed deliveries there's delayed trucks and by what we were saying this is to rural America so we were sending massive amounts of product through smaller distribution centers that weren't your main urban to built to handle the volume. So between us sourcing the food, uh, Baylor getting all of the schools and the USDA helping us, and then ultimately with UPS and the USPS really helping on the last mile and getting it from the warehouse to the people's door. It, it was a team effort, and it, it, it was literally crazy, but uh, just something that we all, I know, after the fact, take a lot of pride in. Well, you've humbly uh, indicated two times that you're not smart people, but you look pretty smart to me, and you got a good heart. And, and working with those kids in mind, uh, it's been a it's been a great program. I think again, when I think about standing this up, Grace, uh, in just a matter of days there, and the collaboration it took between USDA, I want to give a shout out to our, our Undersecretary Brandon Lips for uh, and his whole team at Food Nutrition Services. When it started, you you know, we have accountability rules and regulations, but they were issuing waivers within 24 hours, just one after the other. I think we wound up with over 2,000 individual waivers in trying to help kids get fed here. And Congress the, and, and the president was insistent that we, uh, we feed people in light of a huge demand. If people had been laid off, there was panic out there. Denton, like you said, uh, it was like a national hurricane warning yes, there. Usually these kind of natural disasters are localized. This is like a, a national hurricane. People panicked. They went to the store, and then there were people uh, that had lost their job that didn't have that opportunity. They didn't know what they were going to do. So this was a, an opportune time to to really prove the concept that it can be done. Tell, where do we go from here? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, I think there's been great interest in the program. Like I said, we're serving 42 states in Puerto Rico, um, and we've heard from school districts and state agencies and families about what is going well with the program, what they're loving, what they're looking forward to. You know, school districts, like you've mentioned, were able to get these waivers um, that gave them increased flexibility to serve the kids the best way they possibly could. And so they had many options, but they've shared that Meals to You was a wonderful solution to their hardest hit and hardest to reach communities, those rural communities.
the schools themselves, I mean, we've heard from one school that had bus drivers delivering meals through their, their bus routes, but then 19 bus drivers had COVID and could no longer deliver those meals. And they came on board with the Meals to You program after that and view it quite literally as a lifesaver for their district and the children there and their delivery drivers. <laughs> And then families, again, I mean, it's like Christmas morning is what I've heard yeah. over and over and over again. We also, with those distribution challenges, you know, not only was it just difficult to find a carton of eggs, but when there were eggs or, or milk, especially the milk, you know, you were limited to, to one gallon. Well, we are shipping milk enough for 20 servings in every box. And we've heard from families, you know, there's no way I could go to the grocery store every two days to get the milk that we were allowed. And then this box came and we were able to supplement what we had. And mm -hmm. so hearing that, that this is bridging a gap for folks um, during a time that we're all, you know, struggling to figure out how do we how do we operate in this new sense of normal has been very rewarding and humbling. This is the best of America, the, the public-private, the, the taxpayer funding programs going into something like this of doing what we Americans do. I told you earlier that our motto at USDA is to do right and feed everyone, but uh, these programs are really what accomplishes that. So we, we can set that motto, uh, but we can't deliver. A McLean Global delivered, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we're appreciative of that. But we do want to. You mentioned another last mile partner. I want to make sure we acknowledge uh, them as well. UPS has been a champion in the last mile delivery. Absolutely, they they have come to us with countless ideas, countless different ways that we could make the program execute better. Because uh, as we all said, th this kind of all just got dropped in our lap. And much like them, they had to deal, and they have to have the the uh, employees to deal with the courage of going out every day in dealing with delivery and, and facing their customer. And in terms of logistics, from where we started this to where we've ended it, it's so much better more efficient and it's just because of the time that we all put into it and, and not so much the head time but the heart time that everyone's heart was in the right place with this and I really feel like that was the really leading cause of, of what the success was in this program. It's so inspiring to me because in times of crisis this is what I believe America does and does best and unprecedented times difficult times call for unprecedented actions and and big picture ideas and ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And that's the way I look at this program. I think it was this heroic partnership that was uh, really kind of sprung up with the intellectual ideas from the Baylor Group and Collaborative on Hunger and Poverty, uh, partnering with a, a professional logistics company like McLean Global, as well as PepsiCo coming along uh, with their help. And then the chart will later on helping fellow Americans by partnering again with the public sector at USDA to really deliver boxes of food to kids across this country. And, and Benton, I need to tell the public here, the listeners here today, these would have been boxes any of us would have been happy to have in our homes. This is not rescue food. Absolutely. This is not waste. This is first class uh, food that you all are packaging there. And, and I, forgive me, I'm remiss for not mentioning them earlier. 
General Mills, uh, Chef Boyardee, uh, ConAgra Foods, uh, just you name it throughout the food business. Walmart, uh, we talked to the Doug McMillan, the CEO of Walmart, we were having a shortage of specific products. They opened up their own internal product to make it available to us. It, it, it's You're exactly right, Mr. Secretary. Uh, America responds like nobody else. You, you look at going to the moon or, or beating the Germans. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic response from America that gets there in, in that everybody, uh, his heart was in the right place to build this program. But no, it's exactly that. The boxes, it has Cheez-Its. It has Cinnamon well, Toast well, Crunch. I wanted to ask you, I wanted you to describe that, the boxes there, plus the effort of those folks I saw packaging these boxes and the speed with which they're working, their hearts were right in it as well. So tell the, tell our listening public what's in those boxes. Uh, it's a complicated process, but what we do from the beginning is with the image of the customer opening the box at the end. And so if anybody gets as part of this program and receives the food, how disheartening is it to get the food and it's damaged, the milk's torn open, it doesn't look good. So from the beginning, we put a plastic liner inside of the box in case because of all the liquid content we're carrying in case there's a leak. That way the box won't be destroyed and continue to work. Put a piece of uh, a bubble wrap at the bottom to ensure bottom protection. And then we have a very specific load plan where we load the heaviest items being the milk first, then the juice, then the entrees, and then the snacks on top of it, and then place another uh, piece of bubble wrap on top of it. Just so, as we heard, uh, said earlier, we really wanted the Christmas morning effect, people to open it up and feel comforted and, and that, you know, life is hard. And in all of this, between losing jobs and schools out, we wanted to take at least one worry away from people in knowing that their kids are fed with high quality food that not only is nutritious, but the kids actually want to eat it. And me being a parent, those are two different tricks, you know, in a lot of the response we felt gotten was we were successful in that. In fact, in some of the testimonials you talked about, like Christmas, that was actually some of the words they used. The kids were excited when the uh, UPS truck pulled up and the box there to open it and and see what they'd gotten because there's a variety as well. And we heard humbling messages as well as some families had never had this much food in their house before. And that we were having some people that were facing hard day-to-day, minute-to-minute problems and that we were able to help with that. And that, that, that to me was by far the most redeeming part of this. Well, you heard me confess that I was sort of a skeptic at the beginning when somebody's going to deliver a million meals a week. I said, hmm, how's that happen? So uh, you made a believer out of me. In fact, you've exceeded that, uh, those expectations. Tell us uh, how many meals. Well, we've done uh, over 28 million meals in total, but it's just the, the sheer numbers of hearing some other thing. Every day, 100 full truckloads of food leaves the McLean Global Warehouse. And in every trailer, there's approximately 33,000 pounds of food in it. So we've distributed just in pounds over 5 million pounds of food to people. And that's just really the astounding thing of just seeing uh, the sheer volume of what it takes to, to gather all of this food that's produced inside the United States, consolidate it and bring it to specific distribution centers, 
bring all of the people, the, the hundreds of people it takes to pack those boxes, and then putting around, shipping them back out, and then the other set of hundreds of people it takes to deliver it all the way to the people's front door. It's just an astounding team effort. But just with the group that you put together with Forrest, Mr. Secretary, we, we were able to get it done and just uh, appreciate your leadership. Well, that is a good news story. I remember, Grace, we used the Baylor uh, uh, email address for questions on the meal to you and publicize that. So I bet you've heard from some of those families or some of those requests from school nutrition professionals across the country. So what is the, uh, tell us a little bit about that interest level and some of the stories you've heard. Right, yeah, we've had, I don't even know, probably close to 40,000 inquiries that have wow. come in. Many of them are families that are saying, our box came today, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. But our customer service team is also helping people change their address if they've moved over the summer. Um, or if a box is delayed or has been damaged in transit, immediately we're in touch with the McLean Group, with Pepsi, with Chartwells. They've reported that the milk was leaking when it arrived and they reship another box. Um, and so it's been great to be able to have that two-way street of dialogue um, and hope that people feel like there are other people on the end of that email address or, or the phone line and returning those voicemails that, that people are, oh, I didn't even expect that you would give me a call back. Is this your cell phone? Yes, this is my cell phone. Okay, I'll call you if I have anything else. Um, and so it's just, a, it's a relational um business and effort, um, and it's something that, that I will take with me for a really long time. The best of America. Yes. I, I like to think of this whole of America approach, public-private partnership, really in, in tackling this challenges of the coronavirus, uh, really leverages uh, really what America's all about, a robust private sector, uh, good academic intellectual think tanks that uh, develop and, and have a heart for uh, solutions there along with the uh, the federal government, which is not known sometimes for its compassion and these kind of things. But I want to congratulate and thank again our food nutrition professionals and our FNS team that just, uh, while working remotely, really over weekends and others, just turned around waiver after waiver and uh, helped, to, uh, helped to facilitate this kind of program as well. So, and then the, certainly I want to thank the taxpayers for funding this to to really, in a, in, a, in a very humane way, in a very charitable way, uh, really feeding people who need that food. And I wish, I just wish all of America could see and hear the testimonials that uh, we've heard about, about this program. So uh, I want to thank you all both. Thank uh, you, thank uh, Grace, thank uh, Baylor, and uh, certainly McLean Global and McLean Family. Uh, PepsiCo, Chartwell, and all the partners, and you mentioned others. I appreciate that. We mentioned UPS as well as some of the uh, major vendors here uh, nationally. So uh, it's a great news story. I, I'm, uh, I love good news, and sometimes we don't uh, hear enough good news, but this has truly been a, uh, a good news story. So Denton and Grace, thank you both for joining us on the sunny side of the farm. And uh, What's the next act? I mean, it's the hard act to, to, to follow and, and to top. But uh, I, I think we have some ideas along those lines. So we're going to continue to challenge you, Denton, and Grace over really how we can resolve, uh, certainly in some of our hard-to-reach areas, delivering the food that people need uh, in their homes week by week. So thank you both for joining us and on the sunny side of the farm. Thank, thank you for you. having us. Thank, thank you, sir.
Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Sunny Side of the Farm, and I look forward to visiting you again next month.